Hi, my name is Jeff Epstein, and I this is my podcast called People Conversations. And I am here tonight with two gentlemen uh, that we are discussing the Democratic National Convention, the, the march and the protests around that. Um, one, one person, Bruce, is knowledgeable about the history of protests. Be careful with the sound on the table. And then the other person, Billy, is organizing a lot of it. Um, so let's just start off with introductions first. And can you tell me your name and just, you know, your background as it relates to what we're talking about tonight? Yeah. My name is Bruce Schwartz. I'm uh, 65 years old, a retired attorney. Um, I was active in uh, various uh, protest movements, anti-war, civil rights, uh, gay rights, uh, feminism, in the 1960s and 1970s. Never back then as an organizer, but uh, I went to a lot of rallies, demonstrations, and uh, worked uh, for various campaigns. In 1968, I was clean for Gene. In 1972, I campaigned for George McGovern. And I've been involved in presidential campaigns off and on and a few congressional campaigns. In the past few years, I've gotten active in my local Democratic Party, and I am now a county committee man in Camden County, New Jersey, and uh, a member of the Cherry Hill Democrats. And uh, I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter and working for his uh, nomination as the Democratic candidate in 2016. Okay, and Billy. My name is Billy Taylor. I'm from Philadelphia, PA. I'm a member of the Movement for Bernie. I, I also consider myself a burner. I'm a, a, a organizer, not only on a local level, but nationally as well. Um, you know, or helped organize a number of events around Philadelphia, uh, as well as in Arizona, uh, when they shut down the state house after the voter suppression. Um, never anything on this scale as far as the DNC is concerned. I don't think anybody's ever could ever imagine how large scale this would be because of Bernie. Um, I've uh, personally been fighting for Bernie for a long time, probably about a year now. We opened up a campaign hub at my shop. Um, I think that just about says it. What was your um, political history before Bernie? Just, you know, briefly. I've, uh, I guess, a lifetime uh, Democrat. Lifetime Democrat? Have you done more than just voting? Have you been an activist? Uh, I, I've always been an activist. Politically, you know, I've, I've kind of been, had a disconnect with uh, politics. I, I, you know, kind of an anti-establishment person. My, my trust for the government, I, I, I have none at all. Uh, Okay, so briefly, my background. So I have voted. That's all I've ever done. And then I discovered Bernie Sanders in late August and dived into him once I discovered what he was about and how special he is to uh, have done an unbelievable amount of volunteer work. And the campaign asked me to run for county position so he could get a good position on the ballot. And so now I am running for uh, Burlington County surrogate, and I'm also running to be a delegate. And it's incredible. It's just an incredible movement. And this, um, uh, okay, so now briefly, well, what is, what is the details of what you're organizing here, that what we're discussing tonight? And just what is the basics of, because there's more than one thing. And this is like a, a bunch of things coming together. 
Okay, I'm going to be kind of as quick as possible so I can get to it all. Um, there's five major events happening throughout the DNC. The DNC is to take place for four days. Um, Sunday, the day before the DNC, kicks everything off. Uh, Sunday is a unity march. It's going to happen throughout the entire United States. The plan is to have a rally uh, in every state, multiple rallies in some states. Um, so, it, you know, America will be united on Sunday the 24th. Then on the 25th, that's going to be a, a big rally in Philadelphia. When, and when does the DNC start itself? The DNC starts on the 25th. This is Monday in July. Uh, that's going to be a fairly uh, large rally that's being hosted by the Burners uh, at Second Bank. Uh, it kicks off at 12 noon. Then you have the 26th is on Tuesday. That's by the Burning Air Bus Movement at 1401 JFK. The 27th and 28th is by Black Men for Bernie. Uh, that will be at 1401 JFK as far as the time that's to be announced. And Black Men for Bernie is coming from D.C., correct? Yes, there, there is another movement. Um, it's the D.C. to DNC march. Um, you have the Bernier bus movements going out on the West Coast for a tour before the DNC, and then you have uh, the Black Men for Bernie. They're going down south and going up the East Coast. They're going to meet up with the D.C. to DNC march, so they're meeting them in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, and they're leading. basically they're coming right into Philadelphia, which is going to pump thousands more into the rallies. So what are the numbers you're thinking? What are the numbers that are hopefully hoped for and expected? Recently, with the, the meeting uh, with, the, with the City Hall, we had about 30 or 40 uh, um, city representatives. Um, and uh, now it's looking at maybe 100,000 somewhere in there as a good ballpark at this point. Uh, but we do have, you know, the, the climate for what could be a million uh, uh, demonstrators. Black Men for Bernie has called for a million Bernie supporters, so we could be looking at another Million Man March. This is history in the making. That's really cool. Okay, so b before we get into the specifics about the march and your concerns about the march, uh, we were talking about the deregistration. Is there a name for that? Mo is there a name for that part? Um, it's the petition to denounce the Democratic Party. That's if the uh, list of demands that we have are not met. Uh, some of the demands will attack the bylaws of the Democratic Party. Some are, you know, the platform of the Democratic Party. What we're looking to do with this list, it's not really about having Bernie into power. It's about standing with Bernie, not in behind him. Uh, fighting all the, the corruption, the voter suppression, the election fraud that has happened this entire time. Uh, that's exactly what this is about. It's to give the supporters hope. So if the establishment does as as we all expect them to do, uh, which is to keep suppressing the people, we still have another outlet. Uh, Deregistering, you know, our votes, they've proven that it doesn't matter anymore. But what does matter is our registration. The party's power uh, is only in the amount of members that they hold. So if we can deregister a significant amount, we're, we're going to take power from them and possibly shift it to a third party. So now we can divide it up and have three parties. So are, are the demands decided on? Are the, we had, there was a meeting a week ago where, we, where the demands were discussed themselves. Are those demands finalized? Or are they still talk, talking about those? Uh, we do have a meeting tomorrow where, as far as that gym, we're looking to polish it off. Um, you know, we really don't want to make it public until we have that gym nice and shining for everybody. Okay. Uh, all right. 
so we were talking before uh, about an idea that I had not heard of before. So you have the deregistration to, base, to show Hillary that she does not have the support that she thinks she does. And Bruce brought up an interesting idea of his preference would be to register more people as Democrats instead of deregister them and to flood the local Democratic meetings to take it from within. And what was your response to that? I think it's important to have. I should say. I should say. I, I like that idea on, an, on at least as a first impression better than I, my first impression of what the deregulation is. Um, so yeah, what do you think about it? In all honesty, I think it's. It. it I agree with it. You know, um, it's important to have. You know, people fighting for the rights of everyone, not only with the Democrats but with the Republicans. Uh, we need the. We need these freedom fighters everywhere. It's not just breaking off and making a third party and, and, and again, trying to put all our chips in one basket. Uh, we have to work into the current parties, possibly build another party. I mean, with the branching off other parties, America's a melting pot. You have every different race, every different nationality, but we have only have two parties to really represent the people. The, the, our government's supposed to work for us and speak for us. When you only have two parties, that is not what's happening. Uh, really, we need six, seven parties to represent the, the country that, you know, the, the government works for. Um, the melting pot, which is America. Okay, so the real purpose of our meeting tonight is to discuss your concerns about all these protests and Bruce using Bruce's historical knowledge and the research that he has done to try and alleviate those things. So what are your concerns? What have you done so far to alleviate those concerns? I know that there was uh, someone involved, I'm not sure if I'm free to say who that is, if that should be public, that, that is you know, trying to alleviate those, some of those concerns. Um, uh, so w what are your concerns about the march? What are you looking for from Bruce? What, do you, what have you already done so far re regarding that? Uh, just any kind of information. My, my biggest concern being one of the, the head organizers of this is protecting Bernie supporters. Right now there is a, a lot of passion in people. You know, we have pain in our hearts and fire in our belly. And if that's not directed uh, in the right direction, it's very possible that people can get hurt. Um, everybody's emotional right now. They are angry because of what's going on. And when folks are angry, uh, you, you do things that you normally wouldn't do. You, you think irrationally. Um, so it's not to control, but to try to steer that environment for, for the better. Um, that is my, my biggest concern. I wouldn't want, you know, a couple bad apples to drive a protest in the wrong, or demonstration in the wrong uh, direction. I think at this point we're not even going to call it a demonstration. We're we're pushing for a celebration because no matter what happens, it's it's something to celebrate. Hey, this is Little Dunn. musical break. Sorry, this. Okay. Some kind of program has insinuated itself and is. In a world that is increasingly digital. Just turn the volume down. Teaching handwriting in schools is time. There you Thank go. you. <laughs> okay. There's, there's an app in here that is, that app seized control. I'm going to have to unload it. <laughs> okay. So what have you done so far to, uh, you're, you're, you want to avoid violence. 
Correct. And that is a, a very big undertaking with as many people as we want and need there. I mean, if we want 100,000 people, that's a lot to avoid violence. If we want a million people there, which we really need, you know, they're not just focusing their energies, but anticipating that there will be sabotage to make it happen. And, and especially with the element of the RNC happening a week beforehand, and that whatever happens there will be used as an excuse if violence happens there, which is not too outrageous of a, of a, of a suggestion, that, uh, that violence happens at the RNC convention because of Trump, that that will be used as an excuse to militarize the DNC. So what have you done so far um, to consider the problems that you've had, to deal with these problems that you've had? And um, Well, I think when you're talking about the RNC and the DNC, which I, I, I plan on attending both, um, you're talking about apples and oranges. Uh, Trump, you know, he, he's, he's preached his rhetoric with, with hate and, and really preyed on the insecurities and fear, fear of Americans. Uh, he's harnessed a real negative energy. So, and when you talk about burning, you're, you're talking about peace, love, hippies. It's not, it's apples and oranges. So they're two completely different events. Um, my concerns as far as, you know, the DNC goes, recently there's, you know, suspected Hillary's paid uh, $5 million to have all Bernie groups, pages, uh, uh, sites trolled. Um, and this is 100% true. I'm, I'm you know, administration, admin on 13 groups, I'm editor on three groups. I, I don't even know the amount of uh, uh, events that I'm, I'm personally hosting as well as co-hosting. Um, Some, and just to interrupt, there's someone very prominent on Twitter, anti-Hillary person on Twitter was taken down today, or at least, what do you call it, suspended, uh, Jeanette Sandronista? Yeah. When, when this when they first launched this uh, this attack, um, first day six Bernie groups went down where the numbers were 20, 26,000. Uh, this is just another way to suppress the people. And election justice USA on Facebook as well. Uh, correct. You well, you have they're trying to deter us. If we didn't have the possibility of of, of change in history, that this would not be happening. Yeah. If there would be no reason for them to be doing this if they did not think that there was a possible, possibly uh, a way to lose. You got it. The harder they fight, the more motivated we get. Okay. So what have you done to alleviate those concerns so far? Because I, I do know that you've, you've met or at least have been discussions with somebody um, to, mm-hmm. you know, try and prepare for that kind of a thing. Uh, well, there's a number of, I don't know how much information I'm, I'm willing to risk just with... Right, which is why I'm saying it generically, say. but, I um, mean, you you are at least, I know that you are at least thinking about this so far. Well, yeah, to steering, I, I guess, you know, this is, this is different. The millennials were social media. That's one of the reasons why Bernie's name is so big, because social media. It doesn't take money. It's basically alternative news networks. Regardless if you look at Facebook or Twitter as, as news, it is for the generation of today. Um... So controlling that atmosphere, or not controlling, but steering it in the right direction. You, you see someone that's not saying the right things. We we don't allow people to post on uh, the pages, uh, so they started attacking the comments. So now we have uh, groups of marshals to watch the comments. 
um, try to block and boot. They, you know, they have their tactics. Well, we have ours. Um, and I think outside of that, anything as far as the marches go, uh, the only thing I'm really willing to, to say is we, we are working with the city. The city, as well as us, don't, we don't want anything the bad to happen, especially with this many people. Uh, so working directly with the city is, is a great thing. The fact that they have opened their arms fully to us is, is good. Don't get it wrong, our, our ears are up and we know what we're in for. Um, so we're taking our own precautions outside of the city as well. Um, I don't need to release this until after the convention. So if, if, uh, if that changes anything as far as what you want to say or not. Um, it's up to you. Um, okay, so so we're here with Bruce, who has a lot of historical knowledge. Um, so, Bruce, what is your input as far as the RNC and how to best, you know, keep these things peaceful and uh, to to create an atmosphere that enables a peaceful demonstration and to deal with the inevitable plants that are going to try and cause violence, or that there will be violence. How do you deal with it, that the violence that does happen? Um, well, the civil rights movement in the 1950s and the 1960s adopted uh, a lot of the techniques that were developed uh, in uh, the Gandhian nonviolent movement in India. Um, if you look at... Uh, the uh, historical films from the 1960s, you can see that uh, the demonstrators uh, for the civil rights causes were disciplined. They had actually taken training in what to do when uh, arrested. They learned how to go limp and not resist the police. Uh, they learned what to do if they were physically attacked, and usually that was uh, curling up and, and taking the blows. Sad to say, uh, people had to, get, had to get beat up and not fight back in order to maintain the moral high ground. And it was partly because of uh, those people's sacrifices that we were able to get the civil rights legislation passed in the 1960s. If, uh, if they had attempted violent uprisings and you know, there, there were spontaneous riots in the 1960s, which had an unfortunate backlash later on. But those weren't planned. They were spontaneous uprisings of anger. If you're, making, if you're trying to make a political point through a mass demonstration, it seems to work a lot better in America if you remain peaceful. And the way that that was done in the 1960s and since was by training as many people as possible in the techniques of nonviolence and having people on the scene of the demonstrations who were ready and able to cool passions, to, um, I, w I won't say restrain uh, you know, people who were getting hot-headed, but to just talk to them uh, and explain to, to them that um, outbreaks of violence would not help the cause, would hurt it. We called them marshals, um, and that's you know what I would recommend to the people who are planning this uh, mass demonstration, to try and get as many people trained as possible in the techniques of keeping a demonstration peaceful, 
even when there are hotheads or provocateurs trying to push it in the other direction. And what, I mean, cl well, clearly there, it's not going to be overwhelming, but we can't, we can't pretend that there could not be saboteurs. No. And but also there are going to be hotheads. There are also just going to be very passionate Bernie people who don't care about the rules. You know, they just want to, you know, just lash out as best as they can. So, and with a million people, how do you, how do you, how do you even start to do that? Well, the more people, the more trained people you have uh, on on scene, and the more you reemphasize the message of you know, don't um, don't don't get suckered into um, following somebody who starts trouble. The more likely, the greater the likelihood that any outbreak of violence will be limited and won't spread. The problem you have with a crowd is that uh, they, they, they develop a will of, of, of their own and it's easy for people to, in, in the anonymity of the crowd, to start following somebody whom they perceive as the leader. You need to have people who are prepared to lead in the direction of peaceful demonstration and not violence. Okay, so um, how do you... You said something to the... Also, by the way, it also helps that you have your own, for lack of a better word, your own intelligence apparatus. You keep your ear to the ground, and if you hear people planning things um, that are going to go the wrong way, you talk to your own organizers, and you try and... Now, you, you don't have police powers. You can't you know, force people who are determined to cause trouble not to do it, but you can try to talk them around to behaving more sensibly. I have a very vivid memory of a demonstration I participated in when I was in college. Um, Abby Hoffman, you might know the name, came to Boston uh, for, you know, he spoke at a demonstration on the Boston Common, which was followed by a march up to Harvard Square in Cambridge. And the moment I knew that things were going to go badly was when Hoffman concluded his remarks by saying, Boston is the cradle of liberty. Whose hand is going to rock the cradle? whose hand is going to cradle a rock. Ooh. Yep, and sure enough, as the demonstration proceeded up toward Harvard Square, there were cadres of um, extreme leftists who started throwing rocks at the store windows. And the next thing you knew, we were in the middle of a police riot. Okay, so there's dealing with it in the moment, mm -hmm. but there's also dealing with it as as um, Billy suggested, which is to call this a celebration, to create an environment before we even begin of, you know, a nonviolent atmosphere. Like, I don't, I don't exactly know what, but, but call it creating an atmosphere that enables, that makes it more difficult to even consider violence. Um, right. This won't get onto the tape, of course, since it's audio, but I, I brought some graphics that I uh, pulled down from a... Uh, uh, a Facebook posting, and um, there there's some graphics that uh, had me a little bit concerned because um, use of the the iconography of revolution, the clenched fist, um, it scares people who are middle aged and beyond, and it might be getting across a message that you you, you don't want 
Basically, I think that uh, if, if you intend to remain peaceful, you shouldn't use the iconography of violent revolution. And the, and the term burn the DNC clearly has a connotation of that. Just burn, B-E-R-N, ha has had a connotation of taking over um, yeah. the revolution. Yeah, I mean, I, Ber Bernie's message is if, if we don't reform the system, we are going to um, take you out at the ballot box. You know, Bernie has never, as far as I know throughout his career, uh, encouraged any form of, of violence. Nonviolent civil disobedience, yes. Picketing, yes. Um, <clears throat> labor strikes, yes. But um, burning things down, that's not been his style, his message, or his way for decades. I have to agree with you guys. That, but the whole thing is, is uh, because his name's Bernie, the burn comes into play a lot of different ways. So it's been something that was harnessed. Um, a lot of, even though our minds are in, and hearts are in the right areas, it, it is very easily to misunderstand the message that we're trying to put out there. Um, you know, by hashtag and burn the dim house down, meaning D-E-M house. Yeah. Um, so certain things like that, that's actually the, the atmosphere that, you know, we do have a conference call coming up where that whole energy and, and shifting it towards the celebration because we, we have noticed that it's, it's striking up a little bit more aggression, which is not the direction we're looking to steer this. It's funny you had mentioned uh, Abby Hoffman because I made a note about saying something about the, the Yippies, which was they had FBI informants that have infiltrated their group. So when the, the cops would come to, to beat them with clubs, they, they were beating undercover cops, they were beating FBI informants. Um, but his kind of mindset on it was he thought it was funny because you know not only are they beating us, they're beating their own, own kind. Um, but that's not, we're not looking for anybody to get beat in this. There's, you know, you learn from history. And, and fortunately enough, there was, there was people like you to, to, to kind of show that way, that there is a better way. Violence isn't the way. Um, we're a lot more knowledgeable, we, you know, than we were in the past. So to be able to lead this in the correct direction, violence isn't the answer for any of it. So what, I mean, Plus, what if, the, if the aim of this march is to put pressure on the Democratic uh, Convention, and I guess we're talking mainly about the superdelegates, there has to, it has to be part of, of an effort to get those people to back off of their previous endorsement of Hillary Clinton and switch to Bernie, if there's any hope of, of taking Bernie over the finish line. Um, you know, it's one thing if, if, if you're, you've abandoned that goal, but if that goal is still in mind, when you're having these demonstrations, then you're speaking to the Democratic superdelegates, and the, the more you attack them, the more they're going to get their backs up to just go ahead and do what they were planning to do in the first place. Now, I, I think a much better message is, look, we've, got, we've put 400,000, 500,000, however many hundreds of thousands of people in the street who are prepared to go out and work for Bernie uh, to get elected in the fall. We have an army of people who are ready to go out and knock on doors. And and these campaign. are the ones who traveled across the country yeah. to be here. Yeah. You know, so that, that level of commitment is making a statement to uh, the Democratic uh, superdelegates. Plus, the 
closer that Bernie has come in pledge delegates at that point, and the more he has racked up popular votes, is the more he has demonstrated that Hillary Clinton is a weak candidate who could lose the election. And if there's one thing that even the Democratic establishment doesn't want to do, is lose this election. I mean, to be very frank, I feel like they are they are preparing themselves to just be even more corrupt, to push themselves over the top with Trump. But uh, well, I, it, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, they're, they're, the, the the rules are not in their favor with Trump. She comes close. She she may beat him, but it will take an incredible amount of work. So I just feel like that they're coming up with their insurance policies as we speak. When you say the rules, uh, you're, you're talking about the rules of the general election? Yes. Because those have been established uh, by the Constitution and state laws that have been in effect long before uh, 2016. Yeah, but they can be finessed. But I, I don't have any expertise. That's just that's just insinuation. I, I'm and, and the other thing that I, 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 don't, I don't see is um, when you talk about a, a they, there's no singular political establishment in this country. There's a Democratic establishment and there's a Republican establishment, but it's eroding fast if it, if it still exists. Um, and there are you know, various contending interest groups you know, like the right wing, the Koch brothers. But I, I think you make a mistake if you think that they act in concert with each other. Um, things are much more random than that. You know, so I, I, I do not, you know, you, you'd, you'd, have to, you'd have to come up with some really good evidence for me to believe that there's some mastermind pulling the strings uh, behind the scenes to set up Donald Trump as the, as the uh, victor in the Republican contests just so that Hillary would have uh, somebody who'd be easier to beat. I mean, that, that requires a degree of Machiavellian uh, uh, behind-the-scenes uh, capability that I just don't believe exists in American life. Well, it's, it's then, then that alludes to the fact that if we can get past the primary, then, then we're okay. See, my whole thought on this is there's a reason why 45 years and younger have voted 80% for Bernie. With that being said, in the next 40 years, when those 85-year-olds are 85, the, the elder generation won't be around. Now you're talking about 80% sure. of that vote going towards a different direction. But Bernie is an independent. It's not a, he's not a Democrat. He ran on the Democratic ticket for recognition. To, to He wouldn't be as far as he is if he didn't. And a lot of folks feel that disconnect with the, the Democratic Party. And the reason why is, you know, it's it really is great to see folks still have trust and faith in the system. But the system is, is proven to be unjust uh, with everything that it, they've done. Uh, you want to talk about, you know, bylaws and just the Democratic Party in general. There's been things to happen throughout the entire race where, you know, Bill Clinton should be in jail for blocking the, the voting votes. There's videos upon videos of of corruption happening, and when nothing is done to justify that, it is you know they're 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 uh, uh, pissing on the American people without even the decency of calling it rain at this point. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah. really, it, it, and you're you're talking about inside the Democratic Party now, right? Yeah. But you know even even the parties, you know, a lot of people believe it's it's bought and paid for. Now Democrats and Republicans, it, it's a you know. It's a side to one coin. It's a two-headed beast. The the people that are putting food in the, both those mouths, it's still it's the same belly. 
Um, you know, so majority of Americans look at presidents not as a president, as they look at them as puppets. They don't make the laws. Whoever's putting money in line in their pockets is the ones that make laws. You know, Bernie's gone out and he's called out the Koch brothers, the big banks, but there's names that he hasn't even called out, like Rothschilds or Rockefeller. Um, so it even goes above and beyond where Bernie is. Um, you know, and that's just it. We, I can really compare our establishment now to more of a dictatorship and the illusion of freedom and being told you are free, but you're not. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree that the system has become corrupted and in many ways does not work uh, for the benefit of the broad majority of people. You know, I'm not arguing that. What I am arguing is that it, it, it's not as conspiratorial as you think. There are historical forces at play that yield a result that looks like there might be a conspiracy behind it, but it's just, uh, it's just the way that the contending interest groups in American life um, cancel each other out and, and, and force us into, into, these, uh, into this situation. I realize we're getting a little you know, deep well, in philosophy well, here. The, regardless of the intent, <clears throat> I mean, we have a system that works for the rich, and they're the only ones that have the power to make the laws to make themselves richer. And we have a country where people get rich at the suffering of many, many other people. Well, it's regardless quite, whether the intent was conspiratorial or well, not. That is the system we have. Okay, but it's it's all I can say is it's it's better than it used to be, and it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, uh, for for example, we used to have rivers that caught on fire. We still have. You know, we, we still have uh, pockets uh, that, are, that are polluted. The words environmental racism come up here. You know, if you're poor, you're much more likely to get screwed over like they did in Flint, Michigan, than if you're living in an affluent suburb. But for a substantial number of people, even though things have, even, even though improvement has slapped off, most people in this country are still better off than they were 40 years ago. All right, well, fair it's enough. But hard to make that, I know it's hard to make that argument when we are falling so far short of what the promise ought to be. Well, what Bernie Sanders gives us yeah. is the hope of the full loaf. And it is, regardless of whether it's better than it used to be or comparative, mm -hmm. comparatively speaking, it is not good enough. No, no question. But I, I think you, um, in, in any case, there isn't time to turn away from the Democratic Party until after the convention. And up to the time that they vote, there is still an opportunity to get the nomination for Bernie. And I, I know a close friend of mine, for example, is a Hillary delegate. And we have had this argument back and forth. She keeps saying, my heart is really with Bernie, but I think Hillary's got a better chance to win. I like Bernie Butt, the Bernie Butters. Yeah, the Bernie Butters. But those are some of the people whose minds will need to be changed if you're going to get superdelegates to peel away from Hillary. And you're not going to get them to change their minds by, by, by beating them over the head. You have to show them that she's a weak candidate and Bernie is stronger. Okay, so we, we have about 10 minutes left. Yeah. So what more information regarding the DNC, keeping it peaceful, enabling it to be peaceful, setting it up from the very beginning to be peaceful. What 
what more can be said about this before we can, before we? Have well, I want to get in a few a few words about uh, what now uh, Billy's committee, the people that he's working with, are the ones who are going to be formulating the demands, whatever they are. And my input to that is try and cut them down to as few in number as possible because otherwise you're subjecting the convention delegates to information overload. The one that we listened into the, to the initial meeting of, the, of what those demands might be and the ones that we ended up at the end of those phone calls, which seemed very exciting and realistic and concise. So by, I by look forward way, to seeing the finalist. If you guys are willing to be my conduit, I'll, I'll put in my advice, you know, whenever I can. You know, if you're willing to take my emails, I'll send them. I would absolutely appreciate that. Even before we leave, I would like to give you some of the uh, times and, and dates of our meetings. If you'd like to attend, I think you have information that would. I'd, I'd be happy to, 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 to join with that. Yes, I would. Uh, I mean, this, I this is in this regard. This is before you give that suggestion. We are going to win this election if we work as hard as we can for every single delegate. If we contest the superdelegates in every possible way that we can, from every different direction, from many different organizations, and if we are in those streets in an incredible mass of enthusiastic supporters, that's how we're going to win this election. Got a question. Uh, are you... Okay, a couple of... Real just quick, I just want to tap into this. No matter what, it's going to be a time for celebration. Neither we show up in masses so large that they can't deny Bernie the Democratic ticket. Now, if that does happen, we have a list of demands that goes after the voter suppression. It's not denouncing the DNC. That's not... When, when before you say what those are, or at least talk about those, when does that come into play? When does those demands come up? Is it after the nomination is decided? Is it when do those demands come up? Does that come up at the very beginning? Yeah, we're, as, soon as, as soon as we have this, the demands finalized, uh, which should be within the, within the week, um, we, that's when we're, we're breaking it out to the public and we're taking it right to the DNC at that And if Bernie is... Know we're coming. By the way, something that I would like to look at is how the chairmanship and the organization of the DNC is, itself is determined. Um, that's in our list of demands, actually. Yeah. It's not what we're looking to do is to have people elect or to vote for the next chair, not to have uh, the DNC uh, chair elected within the party. Uh, so we, the people, want to vote on the chair. That is one of the things that are in our, our demands. So let me ask, just so if Bernie is nominated... Do you still deregister? You don't deregister if he's nominated. Do you? How, how critical are your demands? If he's nominated, if he's why would you deregister? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but forget the deregister. How does how does your how does your demands fit in, given the base, given the possibilities of what's going to happen? Hillary might be indicted. Less likely, but still possible. Bernie is is nominated. Hillary is nominated. How does does your demands change in any way? Not not the demands themselves, but how you third, deliver them. Or it's an interesting third third scenario, which I'm sure will not happen. But suppose um, well, there doesn't have to be a. I don't think there has to be a first ballot uh, victory. If things were beginning to shift, it is entirely possible that some of the superdelegates would reserve their votes on the first ballot so that neither of them would come up with a first ballot majority. Hmm. The weirdly interesting possibility is that the convention might decide 
to turn to somebody who hasn't even run yet. <laughs> Joe Biden, yeah, of course. Oh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> so, so, and so, so, Mike, so how does, if Bernie gets the nomination, does the urgency of your requests change at all? Does something change based on the situation? Let's, let's get this straight. Too many, too many people have in their hearts that let's elect one man, our problems are over. That's not the case. You can't put the burden of the United States on one person. It's we, the people, that need to rise, take to the streets, and have our voices heard. Okay, so they're totally independent. So but the interesting thing about electing Bernie Sanders president is that he would, to a greater extent than any president since Franklin Roosevelt, I believe, speak to the people and mobilize them to go put pressure on their congresspeople. On a regular basis. So that's that's exactly what this is about. This is not about standing in behind Bernie. This is about us having our voices heard and standing next to him. That's great. Now, if the Democratic Party wants to keep their members, well, there's a disconnect there. You know, respect is earned. It's not taken. So to earn our respect back after everything that they... All Democrats have witnessed throughout the entire race, here are the problems. This is what's happened. Correct this. Now, even if we have one of the demands met, that's a political revolution. If they don't meet any of our demands and we denounce the party and do a power shift to a third party, that's a political revolution. If Bernie is elected and and, and has the Democratic ticket, that is a political revolution. There is no need for violence in the city of Philadelphia. There is only need for celebration. There is no better place to show your Bernie love than in the city of brotherly love. So how do you, how do you balance? Well, I like that. How do you balance? These people are clearly there to stare down the superdelegates and to an extent. So it's a celebration, but it's a celebration with a very big purpose of assertive purpose. So I'm I'm not I'm interested to see how that plays out. Because a celebration, you know, doesn't imply that effort is needed, but clearly some effort is needed. A whole lot of effort is needed. Um, you know, the, listen, we're 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 challenging half of our U.S. government right now, the Democratic Party. Um, we're we're wanting them to change legislations, laws, history. They like it the way it is. They're winning. They don't want this. So not only from. Uh, the establishment standpoint, trying to deter us or, or get us off track, which is only a big motivator. So keep it up, guys. You're, you're making us happy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but you also have, you know, Trump. They're producing the anger and that whole negative energy that, that you know, being attacked from that. It's politics. Not everybody's going to agree. But to, to have that median, everybody's heart's in the right places. They know things aren't right. The money is being taken from our communities and going into the elite's hands. Um, but let's be honest. It doesn't matter what side of the, the fence you sit on. If you're Green, Democrat, Republican, as long as our politicians' pockets keep getting lined with money, they are never going to vote in the interest of the people. And the problem with this is the second that they go against the, the person that's lobbying them, uh, the, the, the funds are cut off. Now, to be a politician, you need money to run. Um, so it's political suicide to go against a lobbyist. Uh, so right now, the way the system's set up is so they serve corporations. The biggest battles in the state isn't for the people. It's this corporation against that corporation. Our government works for us. It's time to take back the government. Now, if they want to sit there and, and corrupt our vote, and there's ways around that. Put up a wall, we're going to dig under it. Now, 
okay, you showed us that our vote doesn't count, but there is something that does, a registration form. So, okay, so let's say the situation, um, Bernie gets the nomination, but none of your demands are met. What do you do? Well, at that point, I think the party has made it very clear that as far as over half, because technically Bernie's winning with the, the voter suppression election fraud, Bernie's winning. So you're talking about over half of the Democrats feel a disconnect with the Democratic Party. So if the Democratic Party wants to keep their members, keep their power, I highly suggest them correcting the issues that has happened thus far. Okay, so still I ask, if, if, if Bernie if becomes... Bernie the nomination, you, you can declare victory. <laughs> I, that, that is true, because you've you got to think, we, we can't rely on one person. And right now, we're, we're taking real baby steps. So you're, you said something earlier. We are changing for a better, but it's too slow for the people's liking. Are you we, suggesting that if Bernie gets a nomination, but none of your demands are met, that you will deregister? Well, I mean, at that point... I mean, Bernie's a Democrat. You have to keep in mind, if Bernie's elected, he has the power to meet those demands, too, or at least has more of a uh, voice to sway that. Okay. Now, there is a disconnect. So regardless if Bernie's in power or not, the Democratic Party has to earn back the people's respect. If the Democratic Party gives Bernie Sanders the nomination for president, there would be no reason for them not to roll over and give him uh, the, uh, the, 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 the power to name uh, the chair of the Democratic National Committee. That's so, how it usually happens. So DNC, the, the party chair is usually uh, somebody who is in league with the uh, sitting president. So if none of the demands are met by the current government, if Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee, it is very likely that he will stand up for those demands. You have to at least give him a chance. You can't just you know, say, okay, they nominated him for president. Now they got to do everything else we want them to do right now? Right. That would be crazy. No, I, I completely agree. If Bernie's elected, if he came and said, look, I promise to fight tooth and nail for this for the people, that's someone we can trust. That's someone can, we can believe. The thing about Bernie that's not like any other presidential candidate, this is the reason why so many people are behind him, is because we don't see him as a presidential candidate. We see him as an activist that fights for the people. He is not establishment. He is someone that fights for everybody, not the rich. And he's been doing it all his not life. Not the greedy. The, there you go, the greedy. Um, he well, has, the old man over here has to beg to differ with you, okay? <laughs> because, yes, I see him as an activist, but... If he gets elected president, he's got to do the job, and he's got the he's got the resume, and he's got the record of good judgment. I trust him right. with the nuclear codes. I think many people do, and would agree with that as well. And, and seeing someone like Bernie in, in, in power, uh, we feel comfortable that we have a person that would actually fight for we the people. Okay, so we, we have just a few minutes left. So are there any open questions, or do you... I am not sure how to to wrap it up, but there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces here. I want to throw a suggestion out before I forget to give it. Okay, you know, since you've got a young person sitting across the table from a senior citizen, um, you pointed out that the young, overwhelming under forty fives, overwhelmingly are favoring Bernie. That is a force that should be mobilized to. You know, if, if Bernie gets the nomination, those under 45 should be calling up their parents and their grandparents 
especially the grandparents, because you can make a convincing argument to you know, somebody who's 75 that, well, Grandma, I'm going to be living with this a lot longer than you are. I mean, you have to sugarcoat it, you know, so it comes out nicer than and that. And they're not nearly as connected, so they're, those would be the people that they actually listen to, meaning they don't, they don't go online to confirm these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, social media probably does Social media is of limited value with people over 60. You know, we didn't grow up with it. And, and, and even in the age of social media, I, I strongly believe that person-to-person is the most effective way of appealing to people. Well, it's, it's not just social media, though. It's, uh, you know, smartphones in general. There's a reason why 45 and younger are, are more for Bernie, because, you know, ask me a question. Five seconds later with this smartphone, I'm going to have ten answers for you. Um, right. So it, it's smartphones. But that's person-to-person communication. Te- well, technology in, different ha- in, in, in general has changed for the times. So when you talk about 45 years and younger, it's, you know, we are capable and able to educate ourselves a lot faster than ever before. So the older generations mm-hmm. voting for Hillary, they're not, they don't know how to use the technology and the tools we have to find out the proper information. And, and, and they're listening to their television, which is a just a long-form commercial for Hillary Clinton. Yes. And they assume that it is the truth that it used to be. Um, and, you know, there's only so much that can be done about that. It's funny you say about the, uh, the television because um, Vladimir Putin, he, well, long story short, he wound up taking over the media in Russia, and that's basically how he became president. Now, if you look up the, the most wealthiest people in the world, he does not show up on that list. But his assets is just as much as Bill Gates at $70 billion, um, his wife's even more. But how he did that was with media. Now, I talk to people, and they go, well, that's Russia. It's so easy so easy to believe when it's another country. But when it's in your own country, nah, that had never happened here. Wake up. I, I would hope that everyone at this table watches The Young Turks and does not watch CNN, does not watch MSNBC, does not watch ABC, CBS, read Forbes, read NYT, New York Times, read, listen to NPR, because it ain't news anymore. It's not information anymore. It's commercial propaganda. So, all right. Um, Brainwash. It's extraordinary. It's really, it's really extraordinary. And, and Bernie is the, ver- the first debate, the reaction to the first debate in October is what opened my eyes to that. I sort of knew, but I didn't really know. And that's when I, that's when I let it all go. And I unfortunately took me a long time to discover the Young Turks. It's only been, like, I discovered them, but I never really let, gave them the chance until about a month ago. And now it's like, that is what the news is supposed well, to be. The in the mainstream media is that they're pushing a line. And uh, my, my own take on it is, they're not so much pushing a line, they're just trying to sell eyeballs. Um, under the guise of being uh, unbiased news. Well, Fox isn't unbiased. MSNBC has a slant. But in general, CN- in CNN, general, that's true. CNN is just uh, is just trying to be entertaining, in my opinion. Um, Not according to low information voters. That is the truth. Oh yeah, but um, the, the 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 nightly news is just a joke anymore. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> they, they use up a good chunk of the time just showing the, uh, the, the TV news equivalent of cat videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I have right. a running argument with my wife. Why are you watching this fluff? They've got they've got less than thirty minutes to present the national news, and they're going to give you you know two minutes of heartwarming story. Yeah, the 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 the, the distraction of the past few weeks is yeah. bathrooms, uh, gender unbiased. I don't know the terms. Bathrooms. Well, that, and that that's that's a real issue, and the media of course it's like, a real issue. But the way that it's blown it's up, a simple issue. Be, but they blow it up to the extent of being such a distraction from what's really going on. It's not that it's not a real issue, but the the extent to which they use that, well, like Trump. The, the extent to which they pub- give him publicity is... I'll give you guys a better example. We, um, we do have to wrap up. Okay. So last, uh, last thought. If there was one thing, one thing specifically, knowing the amount of people that we could have in Philadelphia, the main concern that you would have, the best advice you could give an organizer, what would that be? Wow. <laughs> the best <laughs> advice. Uh... Actually, I'm going to change. Third best advice, please, Bruce. Third best advice. Okay. (laughs) Um, Get them singing. Very hard hard to get violent when you're singing, and yet it has emotional power. Like that. And less, less aggressive chants. Oh, yeah. All right, gentlemen, this, uh, I'm part of just so many historic things, as, as we all are in a way, and it's, uh, it is really exciting and scary, and uh, the urgency that I feel like Bernie Sanders needs to be president just for the sake of my children. Um, uh, thank you both for you know, everything that you're doing, for supporting the effort, Bruce, for actually organizing the effort, and uh, I look forward to standing right alongside you guys. I may be in the building as a delegate, uh, but if I am not, I will be outside. But either way, um, we're all in. And it's not just for this. It's not just for getting Bernie Sanders elected. This is the rest of our lives. It's the rest of our lives. This is what, this is what Bernie Sanders has taught us. It always is the rest of our lives. Yeah, but, we, we, but our generation oh. never knew. We, we grew up in the middle of this propaganda. I grew up right before it started, but I wasn't aware until it started. And we have lived our entire lives in this lie. Mm-hmm. And now we have, our, our eyes have been opened. And it is up to us to prevent the internet from being shut off, freedom of speech-wise, and to take back our government in, an, in a peaceful, peaceful way. Because if we don't take it, we're going, it's going to be taken back. And we, can only, and we can only hope that it is done in the peaceful way. Mm. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Because my kids are the ones that are going to be taking it back in the not peaceful way. On that note. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you both very much. This is uh, really exciting. Thank you very okay. much. Bye. Uh, all right. Are we uh, adjourned? Are we leaving there? Are we done? Because uh, I have a few questions for Billy. I have.